0: take your Bibles today and go to the book of Matthew, the 6th chapter, and as you're doing that, let me say hello to our campuses today. I'm thankful that you're with us wherever you've gathered together today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries, and I believe that God's already touched you today. You've already experienced worship and praise, but now we're going into the Word of the Lord, so would you get ready to receive what God has for you? I've been talking about, I began last week talking on this whole subject of teach us to pray. Prayer is that thing that we talk about that thing that we hear about that thing that so many people would say as a Christian prayer is vital prayer is important but according to national statistics which were taken a few years ago George Barna did research of the American church and outside of Lord bless this food and now I lay me down to sleep the average American Christian prays on the average two minutes a day now if that doesn't make us wake up i don't know what will prayer is that indefinable thing that god has given to the church it's that aspect that he has released to us that so many times that we kind of lay it aside we kind of say well i know i ought to pray i know i ought to read the bible i know i ought to do these things but you know god understands and you know what he does understand the problem is, is that prayer is the link between heaven and earth. Prayer is what brings you into that place where you can begin to see what God wants for your life on a daily basis. It's not in the aspect of God's going to send you to hell if you don't pray. It's that you are never going to be able to experience the fullness that God has for you if you don't learn to be a prayer. So the Word of God says there in the book of Matthew, the 6th chapter, it says that the disciples came to Jesus one day and they said, Lord, teach us to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. And so here's what Jesus said beginning in the ninth verse of the 6th chapter. It said, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. What's the last part? Amen. Amen. Now, all of us pretty well know that that passage of Scripture. We know that prayer because uh, whether we went to Sunday school somewhere, we were taught it in a catechism class, but somewhere we learned the Lord's Prayer. And, and what's interesting is, is how often the Lord's Prayer gets repeated. It gets repeated at the beginning of services. It gets repeated sometimes at the end of a service. It's even sung at weddings, all these things that happen. And yet we are missing what Jesus was doing. Remember, Jesus was a rabbi. Jesus was a teacher of that day. And so what Jesus is doing is that he is in a sense, if I could use this terminology, Jesus is giving an outline to what prayer ought to be like. He's given the subheadings of what you ought to be praying about, and he is telling them, listen, when you pray, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so last week we talked about that. We talked last week about when you come into prayer, there's protocol in the kingdom, and that you approach the throne of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. That the only way that you and I can have relationship with God Almighty is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And we talked about how that we are thankful for the blood of Jesus and how that we come in, in that posture of thankfulness to God for what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. And then we talked about where it says, hallow the name of the Lord, how that we do that. The Old Testament gives us eight compound names of Jehovah, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Makedesh, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Jirah, on and on and on. And each of those gives us an insight on something that we are to be thankful for. The first part that we talked about last week was that we were to be thankful that we have been forgiven of our sins. That he is Jehovah Makedesh, he is Jehovah Sidkenu, he is our righteousness and our sanctification. And, and as we talked about that last week, we just kind of worked our way through that first part of the prayer and how that you and I are able to establish what God is wanting to do in our life. But today, we want to move on. We want to continue in this process. Verse 10 there, here's what he says, second thing that you need to be be praying. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, what is this kingdom thing? You know, a lot of people have an idea, well, the kingdom of God is about going to heaven. The kingdom of heaven is about the sweet by and by. One day, hallelujah, I'm going to heaven. I hope you are. But that's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God uh, is about His presence upon this earth. The kingdom of God is about Jesus living in your heart and the kingdom of God being manifested through the people of God. If we really want to see the kingdom of God come and the will of God being done on earth, then we've got to understand how Jesus went about manifesting the kingdom. Now remember this uh, about the kingdom of God. If you want to understand the kingdom of God, maybe you want to write this down today, here's, here's just the simplest way to understand the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. That's what the kingdom of God any kingdom you are in they have a certain way of doing things how many of you know the way that the world our society does things and the way God does things are different right I mean our society says if you want to get ahead you got to step on everybody you got to walk on everybody you got to push everybody down Jesus said if you want to be first what be last if you want to be the leader he said be the servant of all and and so it's it's a different kingdom and you and I are called to live in this kingdom and and how do we go about that the interesting thing that I've found is that so many of us have grown up in the kingdom of this world to such an extent that even after we get saved we don't know how to operate in the kingdom of heaven what is this aspect of saying kingdom of heaven come to earth And your will be done on earth Lord what what is that about now let me ask a question to you today how many of you believe that the will of God is being done in heaven you you believe that if you don't believe that ask Satan Satan tried to do his own will and what God do you're out Jack right you and a third of the angels you're gone why because the will of God is going to be done in heaven now God told us to pray your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven now how many of you believe that if God told you to pray something it can happen right now see we've got a whole lot of people I I don't know how much Christian television or Christian books you read or whatever but we've got a whole lot of people in the body of Christ that are gloomers and doomers Every time you turn them on, they're telling you about how bad the world is, how horrible things are, you better get your bags packed, you better dig your bunker, you better stock it with food, you better get you some gold, you better get three or four AK-47s because they're all going to come and take your stuff. Right? Come on, you know it's the truth. Uh, and and what, what we have to have an understanding is, is that Jesus asked the disciples one day uh, before his, he left this earth, he said, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? The resounding answer to that is yes, because the Bible says that God is coming back for a bride without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, or any such thing. In other words, God is returning for a victorious church. Now, if we are going to be a victorious church, we can't be trying to get out of here. People, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I get so tired of this escapism that people have. Well, I just hope the Lord will hurry him come back and get me out of this mess that I'm in. Can, can I say something to you and just really mess your world up? Do you know you were not made for heaven? You were made for earth. If you had been made for heaven, God would have put you there. He did not get mixed up. He put you here to take care of His kingdom here. And I don't really want to mess everything up, but the Bible does talk about that there's a new heaven and a new Some of y'all are waiting for angel wings and angel food cake, and you might be surprised what you're going to be doing. (laughs) I'll leave that alone. Here's here's what I want to tell you. The Word of God tells us that we are to establish God's kingdom. God says you have the authority as a believer that you've been given a name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. You have received that name and you've been given that authority to establish the kingdom of God upon this earth. And so today I want to show you four areas as you pray as you're praying Lord your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven I want to show you four areas of your life and your existence that you need to be establishing the kingdom of God in the first one is you need to establish the kingdom of God in yourself right I mean, I can't be praying about everybody else and everything else if the kingdom of God's not established in me, first of all. Now, I always just start off saying, Lord, I, I want to be in right relationship with you. I, I want today to live in right relationship. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that my life has a tendency to go off course. I mean, it's it's I'm I'm living for God, I'm doing good. But I I kind of find myself it's kind of like when your car gets out of alignment ever found that and and you know it always pulls to the right or it pulls to the left and and that's kind of the way life is is that i find you know the the apostle paul said uh there's a law that worketh in me it's called the law of sin and death and and he said those things that i would not do those are the things i find myself doing And and he said there's this tension, there's this struggle. And so when, when you come into this time of saying, Lord, today I want to establish your kingdom and your righteousness, God, I want to be right with you. And sometimes I'll just close my eyes, and I'll just tell you what I do. Sometimes I'll just close my eyes and kind of see my life, and I'll see a throne in my life, and I'll just say, Lord, I want you to come today, and I want you to sit upon the throne of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you today to be in charge. See, we love Jesus to be our Savior. We struggle with Him being our Lord. I mean, ever, have you met anybody in America who doesn't want to be saved? I mean, there are very few. There's a few heathen, but most of them. Most of oh yeah, I'm saved. I'm, I haven't been in church in 700 years, but I'm saved. But you start talking lordship, you start talking living right, you start talking treating your family right, you start talking being obedient, you, you start, and, and all of a sudden, they want to shikamoshai and pass you on by. I mean, they, they, just, they are not interested in him being the Lord. And I think daily, if we want the kingdom of God to come, and we want the will of God to be done, then we have to establish the lordship of Jesus Christ in our life. In other words, we have to say, God, we want your priorities for our life. I want what you want for my life. I want you to daily be in my life, Lord. I want you to guide my life. I want your priorities. It's, It's what Jesus did in the garden. Not my will, right, but your will be done. And so you, you just you spend some time there. Some, some days that may be three minutes, and some days that may be 33 minutes. But you just spend time there, and you're just seeking the Lord. Lord, today, I'm just asking that my life line up with your purpose. I'm asking today, Lord, Lord, today I've, I've got some business appointments, and today I'm going to be dealing with this situation today. And, and you begin to pray about the concerns of the day. Do you know that the Bible says that you are to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you? Now, think about that, is that when when you're praying, you just come today and you say, Lord, uh, I'm facing this situation today. I'm going to meet this person today, and I need favor. What, What would happen to us if before we approached anything in life, we had already established the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God in that dimension? Your business dealings would go simpler. Your family would be better. Every aspect of your life would be different if you would daily establish God's kingdom and God's righteousness in in your life. And and I think you just ought to ask him, Lord, would you today just empower me uh, with your abilities? Would you just give me today your might and your strength? Let let me, how many of you at, at the end of the day sometime, you get to that end of the day and you've been running wide open but you don't feel like you've accomplished anything? right lord today i just pray that i'm efficient that i'm doing see i think you can pray about everything people say oh no you can only pray about the big things well what's big to god the guy the man the creator whatever you want to refer to him as uh when he stepped out and said let there be in there was well I, I can pray for a headache but i can't pray for cancer really you think one's bigger to god than the other well, I can pray for $20, but I can't pray for $20,000. Really? Right? I mean, there, there's nothing that's too insignificant or too big for you to pray about. And I think, I think a lot of us wait. We, we, how many of you have ever had your child come to you, when they, maybe they're two or three years old, and, and they've broke a toy, this favorite toy they've got, and it's broken. And they come to you, and they are weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth right Ah. come on you know I'm right I mean they are just and and their whole world is upside down you look at that and go it's a 39 cent toy I mean to you it's no problem we'll go to Walmart and get another one or we'll fix this one it's the same way with us when we come to God to, to God everything is small the great I am everything is small so that's why I think you ought to pray about big stuff but I think you ought to pray about little stuff I think you ought to pray about everything in your life and so you just come and say Lord today I want to establish your authority and your rulership in my life in every area of my life then secondly what you want to establish the kingdom of God in is that you want to establish God's kingdom his will his purpose within your family amen I wonder if we would establish the kingdom of God in our family if we wouldn't have more peace. Because He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord God, our peace. Boy, it gets quiet when I preach good. See, we, we need to ask the Lord. Lord, today, I, if, if you're married, Lord, I pray today for my spouse. I pray that you'd bless them today. God, you know what they're facing. You know what they're going through today. And, and you just get real specific about them. And, and then you pray about your children. How, how many of you have children? Aren't they wonderful? Don't you just want to? <laughs> some days. Listen. It's, it's part of life and and so there's those moments you, you come and say God you know this kid <laughs> and I think God just goes yeah I know them <laughs> and you, you just kind of lay it out you just you just kind of bring it to the Lord and say Lord this this is what we're dealing with and and you pray and I think you can do this and I don't care if they're they're two or they're you know 42 or 92 I think as a parent, you can pray, Lord, today, I pray over that child. I, I pray for them, and especially if they're, they're walked away from the Lord and they're not living for, for Jesus now, is that you can pray, Lord, I pray today that everywhere they turn, they'll, they'll encounter you. I, I pray over them today, Lord, that, that even when they lay down at night, you'll remind them of who you are. Think about it, all right? God, I pray, Lord, I, I dedicated that, that boy. I dedicated that girl to you, and Lord, I am not letting the enemy have them. And, and so you just pray. You just spend time there praying over them. And you pray over other family members and, and other situations that's happening in, in their life. And you, you pray over their needs. And, and, and maybe you've got, you know, some of us, our parents are getting older now. And so you, you, be, you begin to pray over those aspects of their lives and all those. And, and you just begin to say, Lord, I pray for righteousness. I pray for peace and joy to come into our family unit. What would life be like if the presence of God dwelled in our families? I've I've seen some other things dwell, but we, we would just establish, Lord, your word says I can pray your kingdom come and your will be done my family and so that's what I'm praying for and they need to be saved you pray over them. whatever the aspect is that that is needing to happen in their life that you just spend time there praying for them the third thing that you need to establish the kingdom of God in when you're praying here and again remember th- there's no magic formula to this I'm not saying okay you spend three minutes on yourself you spend five on your family you spend you know eight on the next one I'm gonna talk about and two on the, the, the day-to-day that's going to change because you're facing different things But as you begin to pray through the Lord's Prayer, you're going to begin to see your prayer time expand and you're going to begin to see things happen in your life. And and let me say this to you, if your life is always in a mess and you are a believer, it could be, just the thought, it could be that you are not taking the authority that God has given the believer and you are not establishing the kingdom of God in your life, in your family, or whatever it is that you're up against. And and so God has given, listen, we know you're saved. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about bringing the rulership, bringing the way God does things into your life on a daily basis. The third thing that we are to pray for and that we are to establish the kingdom of God in is over your church. Wherever your local house is, you are to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in our church. And I want to tell you, I think the first person you ought to pray for is you ought to pray for your pastor. Now, that's a little selfish, isn't it? But I still believe it. I believe with all my heart. Number one, I need it, (laughs) greatly need it. But number two is, here's what I know. I know that the enemy is out to smite the shepherd. The Bible says if the shepherd gets smitten, the sheep scatter. And so I know that, that the enemy, he loves to pick off saints. He loves to pick off people who you go to church with. And he knows that that affects a few people. But he also knows that if he can get a minister if he can get a pastor, if he can get one uh, who stands weakly and brings forth the Word of God, if he can get them to fail in any arena, then the church gets another black eye, and there's all these people who come to the surface and say, See, I told you. I told you. And so pastors, not just the lead pastor, but all pastors and their families need you to be praying for them. You say, well, what do we pray? Well, pray that God will anoint us. Pray that God will direct us. Pray that God will give us wisdom. You know what, it takes wisdom to lead people. It takes wisdom to take a church where God wants it to. And and what I love about it is that the book of James says if anyone lacks wisdom, if they'll ask of God, he'll give it generously. And so that's one of my favorite prayers is day in and day out, I'm saying, God, I need your wisdom. But I encourage you, pray that for your pastors and your pastoral staff that we have the wisdom of God and that we are a channel of the Holy Spirit so that the presence of God can flow through us. And you also need to pray for the leadership of the church. In every church, there are leaders that aren't pastoral leaders, but, but they're leaders of ministries, and they're leaders of groups. and all. You need to pray over them, and you need to ask God, God, I pray uh, for specific people. I pray for their needs. I know they're going through this. I know they're experiencing this. And God, I pray that you will meet that need. And you know what? As you begin to do that, the Bible says this. It says, bear one another's burdens. Amen. And as you do that, as you begin to pray for someone else, You've already prayed for yourself, you've already prayed for your family, but don't stop with us four and no more. Keep praying, keep asking, God, I pray over the leadership of the house. I pray, Lord, that you will use them and help them uh, to become what God wants this house to be and and, and, and on and on. And and then I'll give you another thing you ought to pray for in the church. I think you ought to pray for the faithfulness of the people of the house. Amen? Amen. I mean, we live in a very transient society, and part of that's not bad. But the the bad part is, is that people used to, if they plugged into a church, they were there. Well, hallelujah. But now it's kind of like, well, you know, used to our lives were built around the church. Now the church is just an appendage in life. It's just another thing we do sometimes. But I believe that we need faithful people. I want to tell you, every love and truth church has to have faithful people who are coming, who have caught the vision, uh, who, are, who are sold out to the house of God, and who are believing God to anoint them so that the presence of God can be released through their life. And then, in this last aspect here of the church, you, you need to pray for the harvest. Amen? Amen. The Bible says God's not willing that any should what perish but all should come to repentance so you have been given a mandate from God Almighty to pray for the harvest and here's what he told you to pray he said pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth what laborers Laborers into the harvest so I want to encourage you every day I want to encourage you pray Lord today I'm asking you to send forth laborers into the harvest now don't be surprised when you pray that if all of a sudden there's this a little tap on your shoulder that says you know that person you work with you know the mess that's in their life you know how they're always talking about how horrible things are today I want you to bless them today I want you to do something good for them but Lord You know, you can't say but and Lord. You just can't say it. Why? Because if he's Lord, then he's in charge. And so he just says, go do this. And we say, okay, Lord, today I'm going to do what you've called me to do. Today I'm going to be obedient to you. And as you do that, you begin to see God working on your behalf. I would challenge you. In fact, I would dare say, Every one of us in here, there's somebody in our life right now that all it would take is a little kindness, a little love, a little generosity, a little reaching outside of ourselves, and their lives could be changed for eternity. So when we pray, let's pray for the harvest. Let's always keep our eyes on the harvest. The fourth thing that we need to pray for is that we need to pray for the establishment of the kingdom of God in our nation. Here's what the Scripture says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Have any of you noticed in the last, oh I don't know, 20, 30 years that which we used to call evil? we now call good. That we used to be a nation that took life seriously. We used to be a nation that took vows seriously. We used to be a nation that stood for something. And, and I know we got all kind of brains working here. Oh, it's a political season, so he's going to get political. I wanna, I, here, here's my political word to you. The Democrats can't fix it and the Republicans can't fix it. The independents can't fix it. The communists can't fix it. The Green Party can't fix it. Nobody can fix it except watch who can fix it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, prayer, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, and then I'll heal their land. The thing we need to start off with, before we rail against President Obama, before we rail against the Democrats, before we rail against the Republicans, before we get upset about the Supreme Court, we ought to get on our faces before God, as people of God, and say, God, we are the source. We need to repent, we need to turn to you, and we ask you to forgive us of our sins. the Word of God doesn't tell the world to turn from its wicked ways. It tells the church, it tells the people of God, if we will turn from our wicked ways, then we will hear from heaven and then God will heal our land. And so, if we really are genuinely seeking after whether it's on the national level or on the state level or on the city level, that we want to see godly leaders and we want to see men and women who are seeking after God. Listen, I think we can pray. Lord, I pray you will reveal yourself to our president. I pray, God, in the midnight hour, you will speak to him. You'll give him a vision. You'll give him a dream. I pray, God, you'll speak to congressmen and senators. I I pray, God, that a great awakening would happen in Washington. Amen? I mean, wouldn't it be great to hear that the Senate got together and all of a sudden the presence of God came down and it wasn't Democrat and Republicans anymore, that they were on their faces before God, seeking the Lord and asking for direction. You know what? We need to come to that place where, as believers, we are asking God for that. We're asking God to raise up spiritual leaders, spiritual men and women uh, who are giving our nation the kind of direction that we need. And we need to ask God for revival for America. We need to be praying, Lord, bring revival to America. Let another great awakening take place. You have done it in the past. You have sent revival in the past. And, God, we are asking you once again for revival to come to our nation. And I want to tell you, sometimes you'll get there and you'll have to hang there for a while. Because God will put a burden on you for your city, or He'll put a burden on you for a a certain political leader, and you'll begin to pray for them. And all of a sudden, intercession will begin to happen, and you will begin to know that God is trying to send revival to America, but He's just waiting. We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Lord, we wait on You. No, no, no. God's waiting on us. And so, if we will daily establish, Lord, today in America, I'm asking you, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I'm believing today that America is once again going to be one nation under God, that we are going to turn away from our wickedness as the people of God so you can send revival our nation again that's what I want to see and that's what I want to believe for amen